Bonjour et bienvenue sur De Barros, le podcast qui parle maternité sans tabou, sans filtre, mais toujours avec beaucoup d'émotion. Régulièrement, des femmes raconteront leur histoire pour que, je l'espère, vous vous sentiez moins seul dans ce monde merveilleux qu'est la maternité. So today for this new podcast, I have the honor to meet Olga. She has the blog Parentville and she also have a daughter that she's now... Uh, six years old. Her name is Zofia and she's going to talk about her motherhood, her maternity and uh, so today it's a special podcast because it's in English. <laughs> so sorry for my accent. <laughs> Hello uh, Olga. Hello. <laughs> so tell me Elizabeth, you told me that you have difficulties to get pregnant, how it goes. Yeah, so um, from the moment we decided we want to have a child, it took us three years to get pregnant. Okay. And for first two years, I think what I felt was that my doctor was really ignoring the problem and he mm -hmm. was just patting me on my back saying, no, no, don't worry, you're going to get pregnant sooner or later. And I, once I told him, well... I'd rather it to be sooner than later. <laughs> yeah, it was really um, long to wait. It was really long. And then he started doing, started doing some tests. All the tests came negative. He didn't okay. see any problem at all. And later, so it was, yeah, it was around three years, I met with an infertility specialist in mm -hmm. Geneva. She again uh, took the medical history of me, my husband, our parents, grandparents. It was really, really deep research. <laughs> um, and she decided later that she will put me on medication okay. that will increase the number of eggs. And I remember she told me, but just so you know, um, the risk, um, let's mm -hmm. call it the risk of having twins after that treatment is very, very high and yeah. triplets are also not, <laughs> not very rare. And I remember going out of her office and thinking, oh my God, twins, triplets, do I really want a child that bad? <laughs> and we scheduled the appointment for after Christmas or after the New Year's. But before the appointment, five days before, I found out I was already pregnant. Okay. And I called her and told her, well, um, I'm pregnant, so thank you very much. You're a really great infertility specialist. Just talk, seeing you and talking to you helped a lot. <laughs> um, so yeah, but uh, then she scheduled appointment to check everything at mm -hmm. four, five, five or six weeks. Okay. To do the echo mm -hmm. and check my blood, blah, 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 blah. And already then, I was not feeling well. Okay. I told her that it's starting to be very difficult for me to eat and even be in the kitchen and with all the smells. It was just <laughs> disgusting. Things that I loved to eat mm -hmm. my whole life were yeah. not good anymore. <laughs> um, and she told me, you just have to drink Coke. <laughs> okay, Coke when I'm pregnant, <laughs> are you sure? said, yeah, yeah, if you need two liters a day, drink two liters a day. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to harm you or the baby. Yeah. It's just sugar, but at least basically you have something. it will keep food in your stomach. Yeah. So I started drinking Coke to um, a bit of disgust of my husband, <laughs> who said, no, that cannot 
to write. <laughs> well, it's the only thing that works. But later, even that didn't work, and mm -hmm. I started vomiting even after when I sipped oh, wow. after one okay. sip of water. I couldn't take my vitamins. Mm -hmm. I couldn't put anything in my mouth. Brushing my teeth was uh, okay. a horrible moment during the day. And then, but when you vomit, you need to brush your teeth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a vicious circle. I would vomit, brush my teeth, and brushing my teeth would cause me to vomit again. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so it, it was, was non-stop. Really and I didn't understand why I was so weak, like mm -hmm. horribly, horribly weak and sleepy during the day. I couldn't sleep at night. During the day I was... So I said, okay, it's probably because I don't sleep at night that I'm then sleepy during the day. But it turned out after I fainted the first time <laughs> um, that I had a really, really low blood pr pressure because the baby was pushing on a vein somewhere okay. in my stomach. The blood pressure went really, really low. <laughs> I, sometimes 90 over 60 was oh, wow. maximum I could get. Okay. And it was not difficult because I felt really not good. Mm -hmm. It was difficult because there were many people around me telling me, oh, you're exaggerating, pregnant yeah. women work and they have other kids to take care of. And I said, oh my God, I, oh, okay, I can't, I can barely take care of myself. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna, um, how I'm gonna be able to take care yeah. of a baby? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so they put a lot of pressure on me and I was confused for, for a few weeks I was confused. And then one day I decided, okay, maybe I am exaggerating. Mm -hmm. And we were living in the city center at that time. And on that day I decided, okay, I'm going to go to dry cleaners. I'm going to go to Migro. <laughs> and then at the end I'm going to go to the pharmacy. And all the stuff I need to do <laughs> will be done in 30 minutes. Okay. And already after dry cleaners, I was feeling a bit weird and I decided, okay, I'll skip Migro and go straight to the pharmacy. And standing in line in the pharmacy, I fainted. And luckily it was the pharmacy that we've used for many years, okay. so they've known me. And uh, they sat me on the chair, uh, took my blood pressure, they said, oh, that's really low. Uh, are you maybe pregnant? I said, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah yes, yes, I am. <laughs> Uh, they gave me a bag of candy. Okay. <laughs> um, offered to get me back home. I said, no, no, I'm, I'm going to be fine. It's just across the road. Mm -hmm. So no problem. They told me to cook a big pan of um, salty soup. Mm -hmm. Which is okay. Cooking. <laughs> that's going to be <laughs> that's gonna be hard. But at the time, the deal at our house was... When my husband was leaving for work, mm -hmm. I asked him, okay, you have to, before going out, please close the door to the kitchen because mm -hmm. the you smell cannot get yeah. to me. And he would just bring me to bed on a plate, uh, a dry, dry bread <laughs> or a piece of banana. And that was all I could <laughs> digest. But um, the thing is, when you're nauseous, when you're pregnant, the less you eat, the more nauseous you are. Mm -hmm. And it is hard to eat because you think that food will make yeah. it worse, worse, but actually it will make things better. Yeah, exactly. So I had a bottle of Coke <laughs> by my bed. I would start the day with Coke, then a piece of bread, then a piece of something. 
and, and try to get going <laughs> with the day. But I remember just spending days in bed watching movies mm -hmm. and not feeling well. Then they told me it will be fine, it's just first three months and then it will stop. For me, actually, after first three months, it got worse. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, then the vomiting really started to be... That's crazy. Horrible. Mm -hmm. I also started to have bleeding from my nose. Oh my god. Like every hour or when I would walk too much or be mm -hmm. too active, which was not really active <laughs> compared to a, a healthy, non-pregnant <laughs> person. Um, and my doctor told me, well, it's very rare, but it happens some, to some women and you may have those nosebleeds till the end oh. and the vomiting too. <laughs> Around six or seventh month, things started to get better. Mm -hmm. And this was the month we moved apartments mm -hmm. and I was really active cleaning one apartment, arranging the other one. So that must have been the time when I felt better. Okay. Um, and at the end of pregnancy, I was getting a bit of, not anxious, but excited. So mm -hmm. when I'm going to give birth, when I'm going to give birth. And my doctor started checking me and he said, well, there's no sign of <laughs> you giving birth anytime soon. Um, two days before I actually give, gave birth, he mm -hmm. said, really, there is nothing. You don't even have contractions. And I said, how is that possible? Because I feel contractions. Yeah. And he said, no, no, the machine shows really nothing. And I said, but I really feel contractions. <laughs> and they're not really painful, but mm -hmm. I can feel them. And it, it is a bit painful. Like yeah. It's this feeling not even like during period it was a bit a bit more than mm -hmm. that okay I said, no 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 there's nothing on the machine okay okay <laughs> okay and he said well uh, it's two days to the due date and there is no sign of labor so we'll meet again in a week and we'll schedule uh how it's called in uh, uh induction Andux induction yeah. okay okay because all my pregnancy, I read that induction is not really hmm. nice experience. Uh, and I said, but is there really no other way? He said, no, no, the only other option is that your water will just broke, just <laughs> okay. break and you will, start, you will go to labor. But other than that, there's nothing going on. Okay. So, so he then told you like to go walk or no. to do anything that can help? He said like try. He said like <laughs> try. But he said you already moved apartments and you're doing a lot mm -hmm. of work. Uh, though by that time I had a horrible um, reflex. That <laughs> <laughs> would wake me up in the middle of the night and vomit again. So the, the last month of pregnancy was also vomiting. And oh. um, uh, much better than in the beginning. Mm -hmm because I would just vomit and not be nauseous in the middle. <laughs> okay, at least you could eat a little yeah, bit. <laughs> and I could eat, it was okay. My mom was already here because I was really panicking that I'm going to go to labor, I'll be alone at home, my husband will probably be in the meeting, <laughs> not reachable, well, what will I do? And just two weeks before, my friend in the UK, she gave birth mm -hmm. to her first child and by the time she started having contractions, but really 
intense from the moment they started. Okay. They got to the hospital and she mm -hmm. gave birth five minutes later. Oh wow. And I was really scared <laughs> that this can happen, happen to me. So my mom even prepared at home and she put it in the car the whole set in case I'm gonna give birth in the car. So towels, you know, I don't know what she put in there. But <laughs> and she printed out this instruction what to do. Oh, wow. <laughs> she was really organized. Yeah. And she's not from here, so the moment she came, she said, okay, every day now we'll get into the car, I will be driving and you will show me the way to the hospital. I said, okay, we're going to be prepared. So I was kind of, okay, that is going to be fine. And on the, the day before the due date, we went to the big festival that happens every year in Roussan. Mm -hmm. uh, wine, food, and okay. it's really lovely. And we met with friends, we ordered fondue, they brought fondue to the table. And I, I remember I was really hungry, I was starving and just managed to put the fondue in the, mm -hmm. put the bread in the fondue and I heard, literally heard <laughs> in my stomach. Okay, what's that? And two seconds later, I was wet. Oh, wow. <laughs> wet everywhere. <laughs> the friends around me were chatting. My husband was happily chatting. My mom was happily eating her food too. And I was... What am I going to do? <laughs> How do I say that? <laughs> and I turned to my husband and said, Honey, uh, I'm in labor. We have to go to the hospital. <laughs> and just look at me. What? <laughs> Yeah, my water just broke. <laughs> and finally, um, the same day in the morning, my mom was telling me the story of how I was born. Mm -hmm. And she said she was sitting on the sofa and heard, Oh, wow. And her water broke. Exactly <laughs> the same. <laughs> um, so I was, I was not panicking. It yeah. was so absurd <laughs> to have your water break yeah. in most crowded place around fondue, uh, orchestra was playing. My husband was a bit panicking. My mom was overly excited <laughs> with a big smile on her face. It's starting, it's starting. And we, we had a long way to get to yeah, the car. Yeah, exactly. You were, and you were far from Geneva and too, we were no? far from Geneva. So on the way, I called uh, Maternité à Chouget. Mm -hmm. And told them that my water has just broke. My due date is tomorrow, mm -hmm. but we're in Roussin, quite far. Um, so what do I do? <laughs> Should I go to La Tour because it's closer? Or they said, no, no. But can you tell us what color your waters are? I said, I don't know. I'm wearing pants. <laughs> I'm in the most crowded place there is today in Geneva. Um, there is no, they said, no, no, you probably, if you don't have any contractions, you probably have uh, even one hour and a half to get to us. So if you have something to take from home before coming, you can go. So, okay, okay. So I said, let's go, for, let's first go home, take stuff. And my mom said, no, no, I already took everything. Oh, wow. <laughs> so we went to the hospital. My husband in this huge panic was uh, using bus lanes and didn't pay much attention to <laughs> traffic lights. So we got a massive, massive uh, speeding ticket. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> and we got to the hospital. It was around, probably around 6 p.m. Mm -hmm. And I was already having contractions. Though when they measured them, they said they're not so strong, but for me, they were already painful. Mm -hmm. But I told them that I really want to give birth without 
any epidural. I was, okay. you know, I was really into. <laughs> I didn't have a birth plan, but mm-hmm. I knew more or less that I want to do it naturally. And my mom was encouraging me. She said it's absolutely possible to do it without any medications. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to do it, do it. Um, my husband and my mom were beside me. I had a amazing sash farm. It was a guy, he was amazing. He (laughs) helped me to breathe through the contractions. And after two hours, when the contractions started to really be painful and the only way to survive was to breathe and... (laughs) 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 Uh, He asked me to walk a bit around the hospital, but after 10 minutes, I I couldn't. I was just, (laughs) with the contractions, I was just falling on the floor. (laughs) I can't. And they told me, they checked and they said, you're one centimeter dilated. Oh my God. Okay. (laughs) Only. Okay. So how much time it's going to take? I said, oh, we cannot say now let's wait another two, three hours to see how it's going. And then the contraction started to really be horrible. Mm -hmm. Like somebody was tearing me apart. And they were twin contractions, meaning one huge contractions mm-hmm. very fast okay. would go back down and immediately back up. Two minutes break again. And then it oh. was one minute break. So every minute I had twin contractions. Okay. The problem with twin contractions is that they are super strong, mm-hmm. but they're not long enough to, to, open. to open the cervix. Okay. So after three <laughs> or four hours of that horrible <laughs> of these horrible contractions they told me yeah yeah you're now three uh, three centimeters dilated mm-hmm. you're kidding me <laughs> i have contractions every minute and yeah. i had them for past three hours and i'm three centimeters dilated yeah. i said so do you know now how much more i have to <laughs> to be in that pain i said oh we think in that pace even 18 hours oh <laughs> And then I said, okay. <laughs> and the whole time, every now and then, they would ask me, are you sure you don't want epidural? Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, no, I don't want epidural. <laughs> but they, when they told me 18 hours, I started screaming <laughs> epidural. <laughs> but it was, it was also before, because I think they moved me from mm-hmm. emergency to the pré-travail. Mm-hmm. And there was this other woman in that room and she was sleeping so I couldn't scream anymore I, could, ah, okay. I didn't feel yeah comfortable you didn't want it to wake her yeah. up so and I started screaming I need epidural <laughs> straight away I can't move my toes I cannot do anything mm-hmm. I need help so they moved me to the uh, I don't even know in English the, the uh, travail yeah, the, labor, the labor room yeah. they called the anesthesiologist and I don't know how but just this hope this thought that it's gonna be better he came he'll gonna give me medication because when they saw me they said oh we're gonna have to call two other people to hold you down because <laughs> <laughs> i was really <laughs> in pain moving and, uh, and i said no no i can do it okay and they said but you have to sit up okay i'm gonna sit up and you know i think there is something in the brain that when you know that help is coming you can come yeah, down and it's like and you and I was able to control my body, mm-hmm. so I sat. They gave me epidural, but <laughs> I don't know if they looked at my chart before, because <laughs> this 
super low blood pressure that okay. I had. Uh, mm, yeah, it didn't really help. <laughs> didn't help. And I know I talked to a gynecologist in Poland, and he said that in Poland nobody would give me okay. uh, epidural because there is a oh. there are really big risks with because epidural lowers your blood pressure. Oh. <laughs> And the moment he gave me epidural, all the machines started beeping. Um, I saw that the Sashvan, the midwife and the anesthesiologist and his assistant, they were all panicking. And it was like in the movies, he ran out of the room, came back with holding three syringes in his hands, quickly gave me the shots and said to the midwife, if this patient's uh, blood, uh, mm-hmm. blood pressure drops, an inch, you call me immediately because we're at high risk here. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so uh, your your husband must like stressed a lot. You know what? It was happening so fast yeah, that you didn't really I realize. They were just my mom saw all the all the machines and she said she was just really surprised that I still talk and breathe <laughs> because she said it really dropped so okay. Um then there was still this problem with twin contractions mm-hmm. and they said, well, you're not dilating at all, so we'll give you oxytocin. Oh. So, well, you do what you have to do. <laughs> <laughs> I just want this yeah. baby out. <laughs> yeah, I'm not an expert here, so do what you have to do. And at that time, I, fi- I think they have already, they already knew that my daughter was, she was head down, mm-hmm. but facing the wrong side. Okay. I don't remember which is so right. So she was facing is... up. No, no. So head down, but uh, looking at my back, not my belly, or okay. the, whichever is. I think it's looking up, like the belly. Okay. Like normally they're looking yeah. down. Yeah, to, to the back. Yeah. yeah. So she was the wrong side, and I think they knew already then, but nobody said anything. <laughs> they gave me oxytocin. Nothing has changed. Though I was not in pain anymore, and it was really lovely to be able to just <sighs> relax for a bit. But I had this complicate not complication, the side effect of epidural that I got horribly cold. And um. this is when I realized why my friend told me to pack winter socks. <laughs> so I had my winter socks, and they put over me the blankets mm-hmm. you know they use for accidents. Yeah. <laughs> I had newborn slaps, <laughs> but I was still cold and I, my mouth was super dry. And I asked the midwife, could you please give me something to drink? Mm-hmm. I need to drink because I'm. this bothers me so much. I will go crazy when your tongue sticks to your mouth. No. It's not nice. And she said, I can give you something to drink, but you will vomit. And I said, well, I'm experiencing that. I can vomit. I just want my mouth to feel wet again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she gave me a bit of water and I vomited straight away. And still I felt happy. I don't, I didn't regret. <laughs> I didn't regret because in a way I was vomiting. My mouth was oh, wet. And it felt better. But I also, I wonder why, because when we watch American movies, mm-hmm. every time there's, labor going on they have ice chips mm-hmm. I was always wondering, what the heck? why do they use ice chips what, what is that and now i understand because yeah. if here in the hospital they had ice chips that i could just suck mm-hmm. on it but, would yeah. not cause me to vomit it would be just a bit of water in my mouth it would really <laughs> help so please if somebody from the hospital is looking can you arrange ice chips <laughs> yeah i think um uh, in the states they have uh, 
I mean, not a lot, but kind of more um, like method to help you and feel you better and then there are less, uh, I don't know, like strict on Maybe. staff. Uh, I don't know, but I have this feeling to, uh, there is more possibility. <laughs> <laughs> so going further in the story, around 5 a.m. after the second dose of mm -hmm. oxytocin, because the first one did nothing, um... They said, oh, it's starting to move a bit, uh, probably another four or five hours. And so I told my husband, you can go to the car and have a nap in the parking lot. <laughs> and then the midwife came back to examine me again. And she said, oh, no, you're 10 centimeters. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so around 6 a.m. I started pushing. And next time I looked at the clock, it was 6.40 and still the baby was not out. Okay. Okay, that's long. <laughs> they, so the midwives called another doctor, the doctor came and the first question he asked was if she's pushing correctly. <laughs> Which is probably the right question to ask. <laughs> From the moment I came, nobody even told me how to push correctly. <laughs> Though the midwife said, no, no, it, it's okay. She's, she's doing everything fine. Then the room started to be more crowded with more midwives, more doctors. <laughs> After the first hour, they came up to me and said that they will have to use the... Forceps? No, the uh, ventus. Ventus. Mm -hmm. We'll have to find the... The English <laughs> word. English word. <laughs> um, and I said, well... And they asked me if I agree. I said, yes, if you mm -hmm. think it's, the, it's what needed, yes, then go ahead. And then they said, but we'll have to do the episiotomy. <sighs> um, okay. <laughs> but it was really nice because the doctor that came to do the episiotomy, she first came up to me, she introduced herself and said, I'm really, really sorry we have mm -hmm. to do this, but we really okay. need to do it. Mm, and I heard the scissors click, uh. <laughs> and it was only later that I found out that they had to do a full episiotomy because they wanted it was already one hour twenty mm -hmm. that I was pushing, and they really wanted to do everything to increase the chance yeah. of baby getting out. At one point, somebody yeah, it was they started the ventus, and it was a horrible view. There was the, this woman standing between my legs with one leg on the bed, like oh, really, <laughs> really pulling hard, yeah. but it did nothing, <gasps> nothing, nothing. And then she started screaming to, for, to bring another doctor. And then I understood that it must be too late for a C-section. Oh yeah. Because, because she was too yeah, much, uh, she already, was already yeah. in the birth canal. Mm -hmm. So it's, too, too late, yeah. Too late for C-section, <laughs> so what the heck? <laughs> but also I then decided that I don't speak French. I don't understand French. And this way I distanced myself from yeah, all you, the bad messages. And... All the bad messages that were going around, I just blocked them and said, the only thing I can do here is push. Mm -hmm. So I will push. And the whole time, and I think this is import important, I felt really safe because they were really nice. They mm -hmm. were, everybody that would come to the room would introduce themselves and tell me why they're here. Though I didn't really, I wasn't able to really listen to them. <laughs> <laughs> 
it was still nice to see that they're not treating me like an object on the table mm. that yeah. they need to deal with, but I was a person in the room. They were knocking the door every oh, time. That's good. Um, it was really, really nice. And I think the third try with the Ventus worked and they got her out. And it was the end of the <laughs> of the labor, of this horrible labor. That you know, look. If you talk to me one month after the labor, mm -hmm. I, there would probably be more emotions in my story. <laughs> but now six years yeah. has passed, so it's I'm more calm. It's just a story <laughs> in my head. It, this is the way she was born, and they put her on on my belly in a way that I couldn't really see her. <laughs> and I was so stressed and so panicked and so tired after this two hours of pushing mm -hmm. that I didn't really know if I could move her <laughs> to see her. And I asked my husband, how does she look like? <laughs> uh, so they measured her and they were really, really surprised that in the upgrade scale, she got 9, 10, 10. Mm -hmm. They said that's really amazing because she was so she was 9, 9, 10 in the upgrade scale. They said mm -hmm. it was really a big, good, but big surprise. But they were really worried both for me and her. And during the labor, my mom asked them, is everything okay? And the doctor said, your daughter is okay. And then my mom looked at him and said, and my granddaughter? Mm -hmm. And he didn't answer. Oh. So I didn't hear the, hear that. It's but my so told me you after. in the labor room you had your mother and your yeah, husband yeah. because that's no, not no, <laughs> no. permit normally. No, it's only one. No, no. <laughs> no, they let us be all together. I explained to them because my husband suffers from uh, from a disease that mm -hmm. makes him really tired, and I said I. I will only be calm if they're both around me. Okay. So if, and they said, well, okay. Well. <laughs> in that case, yes, yes. We, when we explained the situation, they said, no problem. You can okay. stay two in the room. Just in case something happens and we need more space, we will ask one of them to, to go out. Okay. And they said, yeah, no, that's okay. Um, and yeah, so that was the hospital. And the one thing I, re I will remember always when the midwife was already done with measuring and with placenta mm -hmm. and stuff, she said, now you can breastfeed your daughter. And I said, but how? <laughs> and, and she was just going out the door and uh, said, oh, she will show you how. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's, that's not the answer I really expected, but okay. And it's amazing because I decided, okay, if the midwife said it, then mm -hmm. there must be something in it. So I took my daughter and said, well, do it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she did. And from the first breastfeeding moment mm -hmm. that we had, it was her who exactly knew what to do, how to do it. That's good. That was good. The next day, it turned out that I had a complication after the epidural. Mm -hmm. It stayed in one of my legs. Okay. For a long time, well, long. the whole day after I gave labor and a bit the next day. And they sent someone for consultations. To be honest, I still think there is like one of two percent of my leg that I didn't get back. Oh, really? It's not disturbing, it's just yeah. I, I think there's, um, yeah, feeling just, something, something mm -hmm. slightly, really, really slightly. But 
in the end, I would, I, when it was all over, I felt a bit guilty for taking epidural mm-hmm. with all the friends around me that managed to do it without. And I, and I know that many women get into that guilt. Oh, and then yeah. my husband told me, uh, looking back, would you be able to go so long mm-hmm. without it? And I said, well, no, <laughs> maybe I would, but then I would not have energy to push mm-hmm. for two hours. Yeah. So maybe... Yeah, it was better actually because you kind of yeah. save also your total so life. Even, even if epidural slows labor a bit, I mm-hmm. think my labor would be long without epidural anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so in the end, it helped me to regain some energy, mm-hmm. relax a bit. Yeah. I didn't sleep. I was joking all the time. I was laughing and joking. I wasn't <laughs> sleeping. I was really excited. So yeah, that, that was it. This is how Zofia was born. <laughs> and, then, uh, <laughs> and then after when you came back at home, how was it? Do you have your mother that yeah, helped I you have, for yeah, I a long my time? for three weeks. Oh, wow. Okay. And it was amazing. I, I don't know how women do it without mm-hmm. any help 24-7 yeah. for the first few weeks. Mm-hmm. I think it's crucial. I think it's the way we can avoid postnatal depression. Mm-hmm. True. Because after the episiotomy, I was not able to really walk, stand, or even lie down comfortably. Mm-hmm. It was constant pain for over a week. Mm-hmm. In the third week, I was able to be a bit more comfortable and started walking properly. But for example, changing the diaper at the changing mm-hmm. table demands you to stand for several yeah. minutes. And for me, that was after three minutes, the pain was horrible okay so I would call my mom <laughs> and my mom was cooking I had this thing that is uh, also apparently rare uh, postnatal hunger okay I was hungry <laughs> I had the same I think <laughs> so my mom would cook four or five dinners for me wow. plus snacks sandwiches and <laughs> and the apartment was permanently clean mm-hmm. she managed to work at the same time uh, and she would take uh, Zofia for a walk in the prom because the weather was lovely. And my mom mm-hmm. said, wow, the weather is so lovely. We have to take her outside. <laughs> so she would go with her outside. This way I could sleep rest. for a bit, mm-hmm. rest. So yeah, my mom was here. Uh, the pain was bad, but it mm-hmm. qu- quickly went away. I also had, um, I don't remember the proper name, like paralyzed bladder. Because I don't understand mm-hmm. why during the labor, um, and now I don't know how it's called either in English or French, like to put, to take urine, okay. the, you know, this, they uh, put this. Uh, the, okay, uh, yeah, I have uh, a blank. <laughs> the, um, I know it in Polish. Uh, yeah, uh, it's urinaire. Yeah. Okay. I but don't they, know in but English. But they should <laughs> just put it once yeah. and leave it. Mm-hmm. They were doing it over and over again. Okay. Okay. I, I have no idea why. And <laughs> apparently if you do it too much, too frequently, mm-hmm. it causes the bladder to... I think the, na- the name was paralyzed bladder. Okay. And it means that I didn't know that my bladder is full. I didn't know I have to go to the toilet. I felt nothing. Okay. So I would just peel my pants. Wow. Okay. And that was the first day at home. We came back, 
and then I, I was tired. I remember it was 6 p.m. And I thought, well, um, I need to go to bed. And it was horrible for me because I'm a night owl. <laughs> Normally, I I can stay up till 2 a.m. and it's the most productive time of the day for me. And then I was like, 6 p.m. I have to go to bed. And I said, then go to bed and sleep. Mm -hmm. I said, but I will sleep till the morning. I said, well, then sleep till the morning. If you mm -hmm. need that, then do it. And I remember talking to him and then I felt I'm wet everywhere. What is that? And it turned out I peed myself. And then I started crying. I felt like, this is my life now. I will yeah. go to bed at 6 p.m. I will be constantly tired and I will pee myself. <laughs> what a joy! <laughs> um, but yeah, so without my mom here mm -hmm. to help, I think all these things would add up yeah. and it wouldn't Worse. be nice mm -hmm. for me. No. Yeah. Okay. No. And also you wanted to to talk a little bit about the breastfeeding because you <laughs> breastfeed a really long time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it turns out I breastfed for a long time. It is I always say I breastfed for four years, but I actually don't know how long because it was at Zofia's fourth birthday that I realized, oh, I don't know when I breastfed her the last time. Mm -hmm. Maybe a week before, maybe two, maybe three. Okay. I, I didn't remember when was the last time and I always thought that the last time was, is going to be special and <laughs> I don't even remember the last time um, so yes and I had this question um, asked, I was asked several times uh, how long I breastfed and whenever mm -hmm. I say four years women go either blank or I see they fear I will judge them but mm -hmm. for me, it was, I didn't plan it. Uh, I planned to breastfeed. I said, if I manage to go six months, I will be happy. Mm -hmm. But then six months passed and I was still breastfeeding. <laughs> I never had any problem. Mm -hmm. And I think there's this balance in nature when you have a horrible pregnancy and a birth experience that was not very nice, fast or safe. Mm -hmm then at least something must go well <laughs> and I can press it. And also Zofia had a lot of food, not a lot, three food allergies. Mm -hmm. And the pediatrician told me, well, the best thing for her is that you breastfeed her. And for allergy mm -hmm. babies, there is nothing better than the mother's milk. Yeah. But then... <laughs> you have to stop. Uh... Yeah, you have to go on a diet. And I started losing weight very fast, mm -hmm. which I was very happy about. <laughs> I don't think any wo woman after pregnancy would not be happy about when yeah. losing weight <laughs> fast. So <laughs> but they say it's too fast, it's too much. And they mm -hmm. were monitoring both uh, my daughter's weight and mine. Mm -hmm. And they said, another month, if you go below certain amount of kilograms, mm -hmm. you'll have to put her on formula. Oh, sorry. I said, well, sorry, no, because you first tell me that the best thing for my baby mm -hmm. is breastfeeding, but now you tell me that, that I have one. to go to mm -hmm. switch to formula. Mm -hmm. I said, no matter how low I drop in on my on the scale, mm -hmm. I will not switch to formula. And mm -hmm. I made it from the start really clear yeah. that it's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. Not when she's one month old. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because I had this plan to breastfeed for six months. But because I was not working outside of home mm -hmm. and we're all the time together there was never 
a reason to stop breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I felt that breastfeeding saves us because when she's waking up at night, I just take her to my bed. Mm-hmm. I, I give her milk while we're both half asleep. Mm-hmm. And then she will and then fall she asleep. She yeah. sleeps and I don't have to get up. I never really got grasped that concept of waking up, mm-hmm. getting up, preparing the bottle, going back to baby's room, giving the bottle. Oh my God, that seems like a <laughs> lot of work in the middle of the night. <laughs> so breastfeeding to me felt just comfortable and practical. Mm-hmm. When she was crying, usually the breast would calm her down, mm-hmm. whatever the problem. So, so it, it was, was just, easy. It was just, it made my life easy. Mm-hmm. But also, and I always say that, we had no problems. I never had any complications. Yeah, you she never was, had any pain. She or... had a great latch mm-hmm. from day one. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, so it was just natural. So it was just natural. It just kind of happened. Two or three times I tried to uh, stop breastfeeding mm-hmm. during the night. But it was horrible. She was crying. <laughs> I was miserable. So I said, okay, well, I... I will give you the breast, we will sleep. Because <laughs> when I don't sleep, then the day after I'm angry and yeah. I don't have any patience, so I'm a bad mom the next day. So, no. <laughs> no so, no, you no. prefer to be a good mom? Yes. Well, not good mom. I said, if I can breastfeed yeah. you, yeah, if why? there's no, mm-hmm. any, no obstacle, it, it not, I know some women are bothered, they don't mm-hmm. like breastfeeding, mm-hmm. and then I understand that when it's not pleasant for the mom. I don't see any yeah. sense of doing it because when it's not pleasant for the mom, the baby mm-hmm. is not happy to. Yeah. But for me, it was not the case. It was not that I was overly excited to visit mm-hmm. her. It was just never mm-hmm. any bad feelings. Yeah, but it. I think it's good to like to say okay, like like every woman can choose what yes. they want to do yes, and then breastfeed or not breastfeed, and absolutely. it's good and it's absolutely. fine. I have friends who decided during pregnancy they will not breastfeed mm-hmm. at all. And okay, mm-hmm. if it's something they really feel strongly about, mm-hmm. then sure, why not? Mm-hmm. Though on the other hand, I think there is a huge lack of support when mm-hmm. it comes to breastfeeding. And maybe many women would breastfeed longer or even start breastfeeding mm-hmm. if there was support in place. Yeah, I, I agree too. I think there is not enough uh, information and you don't know what can happen yeah. and and it's really complicated at the beginning for some women like me it was horrible and i didn't feel like really i don't know everybody was giving me different information and i was lost like really lost yeah. and i couldn't yeah. <laughs> yes i can imagine i can imagine so yeah okay he was breastfed for four years <laughs> around <laughs> The funny thing is, I asked her lately if she remembers, and she says, no. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> says, How come you remember things that happened when you were two? Yeah. You remember the hotel that we went to when you were three, but you don't remember breastfeeding for four years? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> no, she doesn't. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your story was really interesting and thank you for sharing. You're welcome. It was nice to chat. <laughs> thank you. Merci d'avoir écouté De Bar Rose. Retrouvez prochainement un nouveau podcast sans filtre, sans tabou. Si vous souhaitez témoigner, vous pouvez nous contacter sur debarrose.ch et nous retrouver sur Instagram et Facebook. À bientôt.